Is someone there? Down here, on your desk. Spock? I need to speak with you. <laughs> now, to the matter at hand, you need to play with the transporter toy. But it's mint in box. Yes, and to open it would destroy its value. But remember, like me, you also have a human half. Consider this. What is the purpose of a toy? To be played with. Therefore, to not play with it would be... Illogical. Oh, damn it, Spock, you're right. They can be a great people color. They wish to be. They only lack the light to show the way. For this reason, above all this reason, their capacity for good. I have sent them you. I have sent them you. My only son. My only son. My spider senses are starting to tingle. Just hang on to your lariat. Wonder what kind of a scene I'm getting into. And welcome to Behind the Panels issue 131, the comic book show that makes crime pay full retail, even if we bought it on sale. I'm Richard Gray. I'm David McVeigh. Dave's not here. In this issue, Superman tempts children with his hot chocolate, and that's not the only sex criminals on television. Also, a brand new team-up series at DC, the Orialis Award nominations, and some kind of geek-related challenge. Then it's the Black Hood, Suiciders, Spider-Gwen, Agent Carter, and more in what we've been reading and watching. Plus, our kick-ass pick of the week, Superman Earth One Volume 3 by J. Michael Strakinski and Ardian CF. This is Behind the Panels. Superman is well covered in the uh, <laughs> in the song department there. Uh, that was the Kinks. The Kinks had a song about Superman, would you believe? And, you know, one day we're actually going to, to you know, minor, you know, jumping the gun, but one day we're actually going to do a Superman book that actually deserves all of this praise. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying you didn't like this no, book, No, no, I'll reserve that to the actual club. I didn't dislike it. So bad it was that Dave Longo just couldn't bear to come <laughs> and talk to us. We'll just address that quickly. Dave Longo, unfortunately, right up until yesterday, was intending to come along, but he had to work today. So, uh, you know, we, we the show must go He's on. He's making up for all the filming days. He's making it? up for his filming days. But we miss you, Dave, and hopefully we'll see you back here next week. Uh, when we're doing a different kind of superhero book. Yes. Yes. Uh, but we are, of course, doing volume three of Superman Earth 1. I don't even know if we did the first two volumes We did the all. first one. We, didn't we did the, the first second one. one. That's right. Uh, the first one was quite good, and the first one was uh, – we'll talk about this more later, but they did adapt a lot of that into – uh, the Man of Steel film. And at the time, we actually said, we this is the Man of Steel film that we think it's going to be. Yes. Yeah. We weren't totally off mark. No, we weren't. And and But there's 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 a different type of Superman film I really want to see, David. And it was uh, sounded a little bit something like this. I'm freezing! Superman! Uh-oh, sounds like Lisa and Scott are trapped in the icy cave of that frosty-faced felon, Captain Cold. This is a job for Superman. My fast freeze zapper will freeze Superman forever. No way, Captain. Here, kids, my new Superman hot cocoa mix is the super-tasting way to warm up. Mmm, it's really sweet and chocolatey. And see, Captain Cold can't take this warm reception. New Superman hot cocoa, the super-tasting way to warm up. Not available anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a mind like mine, all you're thinking of is, move your head! <laughs> <laughs> Come into this cave, children. I'll give you my hot cocoa. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you went yeah. to the pro. I went to, I went, I went because Dave, Dave's not here, because, sorry. Dave's not here! Uh, I, I went straight to small Smallville. <laughs> For those of you... Who remember that episode? We should never speak of it yes, again. Yes, we should never come back to that ever, <laughs> ever, ever. Oh yeah, look, a lot's happened this week. Uh, there was a lot of there were a lot of books out this week. Not as many books as there are out next week. Next week's going to be a little bit packed. It was actually quite light this week. It was light, but there's a lot of new debuts. So hmm. I think without uh, waiting any longer, let's get into some of what we've been reading. Well, looks like we got ourselves a reader. Read between the lines, bitch. 
I think we should get straight into Spider Gwen because and Amazing Spider Man fifteen because it kind of bookends what we were talking about last week with Spider Verse and Spider Man fifteen for all intents and purposes actually should have been in last week's review. I agree, yeah. Because it is actually that final chapter that we all wanted. It's an epilogue. Even though 14 says this is the end of the Correct, but it's actually uh, one of the things that Nicholas mentioned to me off air, which was he felt like it didn't have a conclusion because when it actually ended, they're all still in the other dimension. Although, to be fair, this is is, it would have been a really anticlimactic ending because this this issue basically has them all in the other dimension going, right, I'm heading off here, you're heading off there, you're going to do this, why don't you stay here and look after this? But when I said that to Nicholas, he said, that's what he wanted to see, though. Yeah, so he wanted that. We're all going home now. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would have. Um, I just don't know if it would have worked in that final issue simply because, like, the event needed a stronger ending, and then this was, uh, which unfortunately means this issue is basically because it's an epilogue issue. It's like watching the last thirty minutes of uh, Return of the King without the rest of the film. Kind and of, yeah. and and I think out of the context of Spider Verse. Yeah. It's a very weak issue because it is it is just a middling issue where people just get sent off and they set up the storylines for all those characters. But it has a really nice conclusion it of does. the whole Superior Spider-Man yes. thing as well. Yeah, so. yeah. And I suspect, though, that, um, yeah, it's just, they've actually managed to to uh, send, put Superior Spider-Man back where he belongs. So that they all kind of smooths out. Though I suspect, though, we, we haven't seen the last of Superior Spider-Man at this oh, point. Oh, no, I don't think so either because I think Dan Slott really likes him. I really like him. Yeah, you and, know I, what? and I think that he'll want to play with that toy a little bit more. So I agree, and I, I think it'd be fun. But I, I, I like what they ended up doing with the kind of leftover characters that they liked, but they've sort of got them running the, you know, the, running the web mm, now yeah. or going off into because their worlds were destroyed and where they're going to end up, like uh, Spider UK and and all that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. And I, li- I like what they've done with these characters. I just like Spider Him. See you later. Yeah, <laughs> he's just off. Yeah. Um, I would not be surprised in the next six months that we don't see. Well, the thing is, though, because uh, with uh, Secret Wars, uh, we're going to lose a lot of characters. But I wouldn't be surprised over the next six months we don't see a few new Spider-related series coming off the back of the popularity of this. Interestingly enough, it looks like we may be seeing a little bit more of Kane. Yes. Um, and the other one that I thought was an intriguing uh, turn, the other thing I thought was an intriguing turn of events was apparently the Web of Destiny yes. is interlinked with their Spider-Sense. And he was yeah, saying, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. it looks like their Spider-Sense might not be working properly for a while. Yes, I saw that. It was like, you know, yeah, a lot of your things, won't, you know, you won't be able to sense each other. You won't be able to connect to the Web anymore. And your you Spider-Sense might be You won't be able, to, be able to detect things that are about to, to happen. happen. Spider sense, yeah. So that that'll be interesting too, because it, it, it so it does change the status quo for Spidey a little bit. Mm. So I think that's interesting. I quite yeah. like that, even though you know my spider sense is starting to tingle. Has been a huge part of. I, don't have that uh, on my soundboard. I had it on my soundboard last week. I think I just took it off. Yeah, I think I've got it off too. <laughs> Didn't um, think in advance. You know, I have to. I've only got so many slots here. I have to make. I have to make space for something, and I and obviously needed room for to for, to, to point out that David wasn't here <laughs> on here. So I, I really enjoyed that, but I was I was even more. Excited by Spider Gwen, mm. uh, and and because as Dave was saying last week, uh, one of the joys of reading Spider Verse was actually getting um, uh, the popularity of Spider Gwen in the real world was being reflected in the book, and now we actually have a book that's dedicated just to Spider Gwen. They got the same team that wrote the issue that introduced her, yep. so Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez uh, are doing it. God, this is a fun book. It is a fun book. Yeah, I'm. I'm juries out and see how long they yeah. can milk this for. Yeah, it feels like a second issue too. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and so I'm kind of like, yeah, will we be able to milk this? Is there enough room in the world for Spider Gwen plus Spider Man plus Spider Woman plus you know whatever? Yeah, uh, she's so, technically Spider Woman. Yeah, she, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, and now uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm uh, jury is out as to whether or not it's going to work. But as it stands right now, as it's as its own issue, I quite liked it. I thought it was, it was a fun. It was a fun book. Yeah, because it gets back to the roots of Spider Man. It's like she's young. She can uh, have adventures, and they can re- sort of revisit some of those early villains mm. without having to reinvent. I think the wheel. Silk is a stronger first issue. Agreed. Um, Agreed. So I would say Silk, and I think Silk has more legs. Excuse the pun, but it has long, <laughs> longer legs, basically, than Spider Gwen does. At this I, point, I agree, and I also think that um, as of issue four or five, Spider Woman is also a really strong uh, series. Yeah, uh, I'm just a bit worried about the big turnaround now on Spider Woman. So, well, with a new uniform and, and the new storyline, and no longer being an Avenger, and uh, I'm waiting to see what happens there. I'm really yeah, worried I'm they're backgirling it. So, I, I suspect they might. I'd rather like to think they're Ms. Marveling it rather than Batgirling it. Silk feels more like Ms. Marvel, like Kamala Khan, Ms. Yes, Marvel. Yes, yes. Uh, 
uh, I think I think the universe is strong enough. I, I'm all for more female characters, more mm-hmm. diversity um, in the Marvel U, but there's also stretching yourself too thin in terms of you know. Milking there's also an event. taking a character and fundamentally changing everything yeah. about the character. I can understand changing her uniform, but there is something about the Jessica Drew character. Yes, and to turn to change her too dramatically. Yes. You no longer have Jessica Drew. No. And Jessica, part of Jessica Drew's character is that bombshell nature of her. The fact that she has the pheromones. And, you know, there's, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of elements to that. And to, if, we stray, if we stray too far from that, then it's not Jessica Drew anymore. I agree. You know? So. Yeah, no. And, and I think Jessica Drew has been a huge part, particularly from like, you know, at least Bendis' Avengers Up. She has been this, this kind of. Part, sort of almost flagship for the modern Marvel Avengers kind of thing mm-hmm. until the movies at least when they kind of like Grant Morrison did with the JLA in the 90s gave you the definitive version of the Avengers this is like the all-star team yeah, yeah. This is and, and I think Marvel at the moment is stripping it back to that core team funny thing is you know, I think in the movies they would have had Spider-Woman had, uh, had the rights panned out. I don't know what the right situation is with Spider Woman, but well, I now feel like it's all on the table. Absolutely, and I think you know. that I think if they had had the choice, I think Jessica Drew probably would have been in the Avengers. <laughs> I'd love to think that they just arranged this whole thing. We don't really want to use Spider Man. We just really wanted Jessica Drew on the team, Clay. So uh, yeah. the whole thing is just to have her. As a, as a double agent for for, <laughs> for Hydrant Shield, there's a couple of other interesting books that came out this week, though. There's a couple that we've been waiting for as well. Um, I'll mention the Black Hood uh, mm-hmm. number one, uh, which is actually a revival of an old Archie Comics character from back when they had Red Circle Comics years and years and years, like decades ago. It's like a really pulp kind of concept, and they've sort of given that sort of a little bit of modernity and and brought that. Um, to the now, but sort of it feels like a gritty seventies crime. It does. Thing it's, in a way. it's very, um, it's very sparse in its words. Yes. Um, it's its images are very striking, um, yeah. and it could very well be if they play their cards right. It could be a a new Punisher. And the artist is uh, the same artist as Alias. Right. Uh, uh, is it Michael Gados? Gados is the surname. I've forgotten the. So, yeah. yeah. It's got that so, style. And it almost feels as though it could sit in the same world as Alias, just a not couple of cities over. As, not quite as impressionistic as Alias. No, no. Uh, it, it is. It's but, a little bit more detailed than that because impre- uh, Alias is almost like paintings, like wash. Yes. Yeah. Um, but this is good. This is a good book. It's a good, strong opening. It, it, yeah. And, and I, it's a big issue, too. It's like 40 pages. It so. is a longer issue. And it is. And it. And it one of the interesting things is the the and this is a slight spoiler, but it's to the setup for the book. The the vigilante that he kills at the start of the book, the name of that character who was the original Black Hood, is actually the name of the original Black Hood from the original comics. Ah, there you go. So they're kind of effectively killing off the old world and bringing in this whole new story. Right. So they've they've got carte blanche to do whatever they want now. So I really, really like what they've done with that. So the sticking to the retro vibe a little bit, Curb Stomp number one, which is a new book coming out from Boom Studios. Basically, it's it's the warriors, as you it's said. It's the warriors, but it's it's an all female warriors. You know? Well, it's an all female you know? warriors, and it, the basic premise of the book is that the 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 city has been sliced up into three main gangs, um, and our book is following uh, our the, the fevers. Yeah, um, and you know we set them all up. We introduce each one of them, and. <laughs> No, don't 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 do that. Let's <laughs> go into West Side Story. I just all the way through. I'm thinking, yeah, it's got all the right ingredients, mm. but it wasn't grabbing me, and it's just because yeah. I kind of feel like I've seen all of this before. I really liked. It. I like it stylistically. I liked it. I loved. I loved the look of the book. I loved uh, uh, the the sort of vibe, that sort of retro seventy vibe to it. Um, but you're right. There's just something. Mm intangible that's missing from it. And I I, I, I will pick up the second issue because I want also, to see where it goes. part of it feels like they're telling us rather than us experiencing it. And so yeah. it kind of yeah. feels like there isn't a soul behind it yet. And that may come, mm. but it does. It feels kind of like, look, we're a gang. This is what we do. We're fighting yeah. a gang. Look, we're in a gang. Hey, it's our turf. You know, it's like, and they're not giving us time to just live in that world that could be it i think i think you're on the you've hit the the, the nail on the head mm. there that, that might be exactly what my sort of because i couldn't quite put my finger on what it was i didn't like about Beavers it come out to play 
<laughs> but look, you know, the the book that uh, I really, really enjoyed this week um, has to be Suicide is number one. And look, one of my favorite artists at the moment. One um, of the earliest books we did on the show. Yeah. You know, was, uh, was Batman, Batman Noel. Noel. Like issue that, nine. That's where I discovered him. Yeah, me too. Um, and he hasn't really done that much when you think about it over the last few years. But the stuff he has done has been stellar. Well, his art is so Gorgeously detailed, and which he is does. what worries me about a monthly series. Yeah, is the fact that can he keep it up? You know what I yes. mean? Because his work is amazing. Yeah, and his writing is actually really good too. And this is a really good post-apocalyptic story. It's and it's opened so many questions that I feel like it's got time to answer those. The only thing that worries me is a can he keep up with the work schedule with his art style? Yes. And B, does the actual story will it bear out to an ongoing series? It almost feels like it should be a maxi series. It should be like 12 issues and out. You know? Yeah, because he's often worked with Brian Azzarello with some of his stuff, including, you know, Before Watchmen, Rorschach, which for all of our issues with the Before Watchmen. And I'm going to put this out to you. I think we should do, just, just for, for, for shits and giggles, do all the Before Watchmen books as a, as a special. You know, there, I, there is part of me that goes, <laughs> yeah. but there's another part of me that actually thinks I want to do that because Amanda Connor drew Silk Spectre. Because he did some of it. There, there are different people. Yeah. There, Darwin Cook did some of them. There are just some beautiful pieces in there from an artist. And I think we would, we would effectively forever shut the door on ever getting Alan Moore on our show yeah. if we, we did it. But. And, we, and we do need to read visit Watchmen at some stage. One, because I'd love to have Dave's perspective on yes. it. And two, when we did it was during one of our holiday specials last year. and uh, Two years ago, actually. Mm-hmm. And so we, we kind of gave condensed it, a, it, condensed yeah. it. So it'd be nice to it really get It would actually be really nice to, to come in and do a Watchmen special where we actually talk about the movie, we talk about before Watchmen, we talk about yeah. Watchmen, we just, the whole Watchmen world. Um, it might be something worth actually considering. Yeah, maybe even a live show or maybe, maybe. even... Maybe. Actually, or actually we could, yeah, we actually just do it as a special one week. Mm. I wouldn't mind doing that. There you go. Uh, let us know. Feedback at BehindThePanels.net if you'd like to see that and if there's anything else you'd and like if to that's, see. And if that is successful, maybe we can do it with other Bigger runs and franchises. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a really lovely idea. Um, uh, yeah, but he – so, yeah, his work, his artwork is great. So, look, this this book is this sort of post-apocalyptic uh, New Angeles. So, it's Los Angeles of the future where it's basically the whole thing like a, like a Thunderdome. My question uh, is, know. and the one question that it was burning into me when I was actually reading this, which was, what's happening with the rest of America? Yeah, and it, it doesn't really explain that, but I think we were talking, we were having coffee before this episode, and, we were, and, and you were saying that one of the beautiful things about this book is that we don't know questions. all these things. So many questions, and so it's, 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 it's got us in for the next. Mm. Oh, look, I mean, you know, I mean, at the moment, I'm in all in. I'll read yeah. more of this. This so. is this is out through Vertigo. Yeah. So this is uh, it's really really intrigued me. Got a question for you about yes. this book you've gotten here called Dave. Now yes. I haven't actually had a chance to read this, but I was looking online. Yeah, and there seems to, was this a web comic? I don't know. It might have been a web comic. Like originally. Five issues out. Yeah, but there's a. It's just come out in print. So I think right. it was is a that web. What it is? it, it okay. was a web comic originally. It's out through IDW now in print. And IDW doing this a bit lately. They're taking web comics and they're publishing them. Yep. In fact, Ryan Lindsay's uh, Headspace was out through Monkey Brain. Yep. And it's coming out as a collection from IDW uh, later this year. Gotcha. Uh, and de- just while we're here, go and buy Ryan Lindsay's Headspace. It's yes. awesome. Uh, he's up to issue six. Has just come out. The seventh one's coming soon. Um, now this, this this Dave and it's it's it styles D four VE and because we love numbers because we games. love numbers it's like fan four stick right or taken three with taken. the three in the name. to threeken the take to three. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to take it I'm going to call it to threeken from now on um, you've been to threeken I will find you and I will to threek you. I will find you. <laughs> <laughs> Mash up Neeson and, and uh, Michael Shannon. <laughs> 52. Um, yeah, go, go and watch the Super Bowl Clash of the Clones. Uh, Clash of Clans. Yeah, Clash of Clans. The, the, the Super Bowl yeah. Clash of Clans with Liam Neeson is hysterical. It yeah. is so worth watching. <laughs> uh, this, this, look, really long story short, it, it is worth looking at, not least, I mean, w- but there's two Daves on the show as a rule, so we have to read a comic called Dave, right? Absolutely. Um, it is a story about, it's basically the robot apocalypse has happened the robots are taken over and they've now just sort of settled into humanity they've just become <laughs> with, with dead and he's like he used to be a soldier and now he's in a dead end job 
and they're sort of building up to another alien invasions happening so he might find purpose in his life again. Oh, this sounds awesome. I have to so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's really cool. And I also just mentioned because uh, we, we've been up and down on the book for years. Uh, like we, we used to love it and then we didn't like Zero Year Batman. Batman 39 came out this year, uh, this week. Snyder and Capullo again. I am embarrassed to say I'm two issues behind on Batman. Well, so. I don't blame you because it, it, it is it is it has been up and down for a while. But look, honestly, I I, I loved this issue. I thought it was one of the the best issues in the last six months. Uh, certainly since Endgame's come back, it, it's a really strong right. uh, Joker-driven uh, narrative, and this one in particular has some real head spinners in it. So uh, it, it opens with a court of owls, it ends with something even completely more bizarre, and there's a backup story written by James Tinian the Fourth, which is just wonderful. So and and Greg Capullo's art on this is just through the it's roof. It's been through the roof since the beginning. He's just he's taken like if he was if he was next level, he's found a new level, built it, constructed it, got the plans and <laughs> and, and is now inhabiting this next level above the next level. That's that's where he's at at the moment. So Fantastic. We have to Oh wait, we got oh, one more book. Oh one, yes. One more book. You got to mention Orphan Black. Oh yes, Orphan Black. Now I love the series. I didn't read the book. Dave. I read the book and yeah. all I can say is I love the series too, but all I can say is this is a book that if you've seen the series don't bother. <laughs> all it is is an adaptation. Oh no. That's so a shame. I'm reading issue 1 going this is the first episode of the Sure. Oh, that's a shame because <laughs> yeah. that series is so. I would have loved to have seen more expansion and, uh, of that. It's got like seventy-five variant covers, <laughs> and you sit wow. there and go, "Why are there? Why is there? They've done so much to try and push this book, <laughs> and yet it's, it's just, just a retelling. It, there's nothing. Well, to be fair, it's like a crossover. Like you can sell it to a mass audience who. Who Just may have all seen the series. series. Like, you know those those Arrow. Um, they managed Flash to condense an hour books. of television into the first fifteen pages. Yeah. That's how rough it is. I mean, it just literally just kicks along like that. It's a shame because what I love that they do with the Arrow and the Flash tie-in books uh, that DC do that tie into the TV series. They're expansions. They're they're like what happens between episodes and stuff, you know, or, or, uh, you know, other And that's what I was hoping this would be. Yeah, that's a real shame. So Mm. I mightn't rush to go and see that one. But... um, we, 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 I'm going to go into another section because I've been watching you And after the longest pregnant pause in the world <laughs> <laughs> uh, The Flash, we said we'd get back to it We just, just took a week to do so We just never did last week I don't know what happened And I would like to point out that Nicholas was sitting beside me And you moved on And he kind of was pointing to a piece of paper Which said The Flash And I went yeah, yeah, whatever. It's like, it's like I don't know what you're talking to me right now. We're and busy doing. A show. We had about three people text just going, "Do do you get back to the flash later in the show?" Because I'm listening to it now, and you just skipped over it. People, it was an hour and twenty minutes last week. <laughs> so look, the, the flash, which is now on a break, so we can talk about this at length. Uh, it's on a break until mid March, yeah. I think. The episode last week uh, was magnificent. I think you summed it up best when you tweeted out, uh, all of the television is now redundant. <laughs> yeah. It, it was amazing. Look, uh, are we, 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 we're a week out. We can't really go into spoiler territory. Um, Let's just say, without spoilers, that we know that Firestorm is in the show because Firestorm is yes. in the show. Let's say that Firestorm is given the dues that he deserves. Yeah, the best the best version so far. The best yeah. version so far. And that there is a character in the last five minutes. Who was teased a few weeks who ago. Who's been teased a few times who just sent chills up my spine. The, that introduction <laughs> was was magnificent. Yes. And uh, it really is probably the best in fact, it is the best uh, superhero television show at the moment. And I'm including Arrow in that. With exception to possibly Agent Carter. Um, okay, because but, I'm I'm a big Agent Carter which, fan. Well, I'm, which I'm we're saying, going to talk about that in a second. I'm saying so. at the moment because Agent which Carter which means we'll just come finished. back to it in three weeks. But. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, Agent Carter finished this week. We'll talk about that briefly. Mm. I will mention The Walking Dead, which I think was a magnificent episode. Can this I also week. say about the Flash though? Yeah, Sonic Spikes. Sonic Spikes. Come yeah. on. Yeah, like it, it was it was a real it was a real comic book episode that that really brought in a lot of elements from the comics and set up so many more that they you said it best before the show, Dave, which was was just. They they can now do anything, yes. and we will go with it. Yeah, like it's just yeah, and I, that's what I love about this. Now, the the Walking Dead was a magnificent episode this week because I said last week. Let was me just little- turn on my washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> now this is the thing because they they're approaching a new township, and but there was a lot of debate before they go into the township or whether they should. It's mostly a character based episode, and. I really, really enjoyed the way that they handled the characters because a lot of stuff comes out of that. And and, and Walking Dead at its best is is a character-based show. 
and just watching Rick go from hard ass at the start of the episode and like we have to protect our own, we have to do what we have to do to survive to where he ends up at the end of that episode is heartbreaking at times, it's wonderful at times. The controversy around this episode comes from Walking Dead's first gay kiss and so many people, someone actually sent me a montage. Which characters? Uh, two new characters. Oh, okay. And because uh, there's been speculation about Daryl being gay for ages, uh, which they still they haven't confirmed or denied. Mm. Um, what would be really interesting to me is if they bring some of that homophobia into the show of somebody in the group. And we had two zombies kiss. No, <laughs> two zombies kiss. <laughs> well, dudes are biting people all the time in that show. You know why? I don't think that was a surprise. What 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 gets me is the hypocrisy that people are quite happy to watch a show where there's massive amounts of sex and violence, but they they they're not happy but they, they feel somehow betrayed by a gay kiss in the show welcome to the uh, internet uh, no, I was about to say, welcome <laughs> to the judo christian western yeah, world exactly and the thing is the walking dead is one of the biggest especially america yeah it's one of the biggest shows in america it's got 16 million viewers or something at the start of every season and an average of 10 to 12 million per episode so it's, it's twice as big as agents of shield and gotham it's like as big as agents of shield and gotham's um audiences combined each week and uh, so it's huge. So the reaction was huge. I w- w- was a little disturbed by that reaction against it. I think it was a really interesting dynamic to add to the mix, but I would be more interested to see if they made, because no one's had to deal with We have a lot of fundamentalist Christian characters in that show. Like Maggie was raised um, on a farm with, with a Baptist, or with a, with a preacher father. Be interesting, for example, if they made her a little bit homophobic. You know how how would that dynamic change mm-hmm. the group? I think that would be really really interesting. Um, but for now, it's you know Rick making a decision about what to do with his family and his extended family, and uh, that is a a really really powerful episode. And and where it ends is ambiguous. So we have to tune in next week. So definitely going to go and Can see I that. just get, throw in an explanation before we start getting hate mail about my comment about America? <laughs> 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 Let's just say that, that, I mean, I am American. And the, America is built no. on a uh, revolutionary gun culture. Mm-hmm. Basically, they overthrew their overlords and they mm. became their own country and so forth. And America has an interesting dichotomy at the moment. And before you start sending me hate mail, hate mail there is a fundamentalism to um, their way of thinking. And basically... Mm. Violence has never been an issue. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, which uh, for all intents and purposes is quite horrific in places yes. with its zombies and stuff, is what uh, Verbinski himself said. He made it for his 12-year-old. Yes. you know. So violence and gore and any of that sort of stuff doesn't seem to worry them. Well, he's in, named Gore, Verbinski. Gore, yeah. <laughs> any way whatsoever, but God forbid you show a nipple. No, look, because you know? violence is written into the Constitution. Like yeah, whereas it, it nipples is, aren't. Yeah. Nipples aren't. You know, you don't have the right to bear tits. You have no. the right to bear arms. You know. <laughs> so I just uh, add that sometimes the the fund and Richard and I both talk about this a lot. The yeah. fundamentalism, uh, and one of the reasons why we want to do a sex and comic special yes. is because it is frustrating as hell that something that is completely natural and completely normal yeah. is so looked down upon, and yet murder. <laughs> and, and people have been doing it for thousands and thousands of years, and I know that because we're all here. Yeah. So, but then again, people have been having violence for years as well. So, because there's a lot of us who aren't mm. here anymore. But look, you know, I, I find that dichotomy interesting as well. Yeah, it's a bizarre um, thing. And and I, and I like that Walking Dead it was was would touch on that. Nice bringing it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, look, uh, but we have to finish this section out by talking about uh, Agent Carter, which finished this week in the US. Uh, was oh, it, was, we can't finish the section out yet because we got to talk about Arrow real quick. Oh, sorry, I forgot about Arrow. We yes. talk about Arrow. The we one live. before Agent Carter on the list. Yeah, the one before Agent Carter. We'll I, get back to that. <laughs> I, I, I know you've got Gotham there too, but we'll just skip that. <laughs> Look, I, I, all I'm going to say about Gotham is I'm actually really enjoying it at the moment. Yeah, and, I've, got, yeah. I've got a lot of catching up. And yeah. yes, I will catch up. I just got mm. a lot of catching up too. <laughs> Unlike Walking Dead, Gotham does actually interest me. I just haven't yeah. had time. And um, we, we should say, while we're talking about the subject, we will be doing an Arrow Season 3 Flash Season 1 special in about uh, around May. So yeah, when the show comes to the finished, end of the yeah. seasons. Uh, but Arrow this week, we did say, and this is a spoiler, but it's been all over the internet, so we'll say it. We yeah. did see the debut of The Atom. Yes, yes. Um, and a lot of people have started to say, oh, so now we have Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was really weird the way it they was. did wasn't it? It yeah. was. It was odd. Yeah. Um, but the biggest kicker in this entire episode is the finale. It feels like a season finale. I don't want to say what it is, but it feels like a season finale. Look, I absolutely agree. Uh, uh, the, two, the two revelations. <laughs> one happening over there and one happening with Thea. 
Our good mate uh, John D, uh, who we won't mention later in the show, yeah. just just texted me to say, "Quick, quick, quick! Stop whatever you're doing. Run home and watch Oliver's show." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 I did watch it much quicker than I normally do this week because of his his prompt mm. text, um, and also my 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 flat to shambles at the moment because it's, my kitchen's being so renovated. There's nothing else. To so there's do. nothing else to do. I can't right. you know I can't be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. So I'm going to watch TV. Uh, so are you often pregnant? <laughs> uh, frequently, David. Frequently. Uh, sorry, conservative America. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> now we will get. I, I brought it back and then I took it away again, didn't I? Yeah, look, but, but it was. It, you're right. Felt like a season finale. So many twists and turns. So many, so many uh, cliffhangers within mm. the episode that don't get resolved at all. And and that that kind of tension. They've they've almost given Thea attention with her father just so she can be the one that complains again. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like that 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 shits me a little bit because that brought her back from the brink, given her something to do, but now she's just anti everything again. Apparently the, in an interview I read with the producers they said she is gonna stop that behavior soon. Apparently okay. she is going to grow into a character. Yeah. Maybe. I don't believe her. <laughs> it's still <laughs> it, it, look it, it's it's still a wonderful show. Even though the flash is Part of the pun running rings around it. It's mm. it's it's doing amazing things. But but speaking of season finales, yeah, an actual season finale before Agents of Shield comes back next week. Agent Carter finished its eight episode run, and we've been a little gushy over this already. I'm ready to turn around, and watch the entire season again. So. I, I might watch it all in, yeah. in one piece. Uh, it, it look, it was maybe because it was only eight episodes. Maybe because it starred, you know, Halle Atwell and, <laughs> and, and and a great, and the rest of the cast was terrific as well, including not not least of which was Dominic Cooper, and the name of Jarvis has slipped my mind, but we saw him in something the other day. He as was well. in. Uh, he was actually in Jupiter Ascending. He was in Jupiter Ascending. Mm. We saw him the other day. Magnificent cast. This was an almost flawless show. I was perfect. Look, yeah. I, this was if you're, if you're going to make an Agent Carter series, this is the Agent Carter series you get, and this is the the best thing you can do. There was, there's nowhere else. There's nothing else you can say about this except for this is a perfect eight episodes in and out. Yep. There was nothing I was left wanting for. No. Nope. There was no. I mean, yes, we have somewhere to still go after that, but we have that Agent Carter one shot. So even if they never make any more Agent Carter episodes again. We 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 have enough information to from how she got to there to Correct. to the Agent Carter one shot and then how she got from there to where she ends up in. And I in think Winter eight Soldier. episodes was what was perfect for it. Yes, because I think if you tried to milk it out and drag it out, it would have just it would have failed in the end. Probably. Like the rest of American television, yeah. <laughs> maybe. But yeah. for eight episodes, and if they do, if they did this every year, came in for the mid season break and just did eight episodes of Agent Carter, which is kind of what they're hinting at. Yeah. Because there was a, an article with the producers of this show, and they were saying that what they would like to do is come back. So this was for 1946, mm. and then come back and do like 1952 See, or something like that, that, and then 1960 something, and show her progression. Basically, said her progression up to the character in the Winter Soldier. Yes. Yeah. You know? And I, I can actually see. Uh, yeah, I, I can actually see room for the Winter Soldier happening. Yeah, during in that, that time. Yeah. Well, especially in the Cold War seventies and yeah. Cold War eighties, you could oh. actually have the Winter Soldier coming on. That oh. would be awesome. Somebody give me a job at Marvel, and I can <laughs> do this. Uh, I'll quickly mention some of the stuff that's coming out next week that we're really excited about. Um, includes Con Job, uh, which is a new series by Jimmy Palmiotti about a heist in a comic convention. I'm there. Looking forward to Jimmy Palmiotti could literally write anything at this point, and I'm going to be reading yeah. it. So there's a new series called Neverboy coming out. I'm going to look out for Green Arrow number forty, Harley Quinn number fifteen, of there. course, because we love that. But some of the new stuff that's coming out next week. Huge week for big name um, writers. Warren Ellis has got a new series called Black Cross. Um, Eric Powell, who is the uh, guy who does the Goon comics. Uh, is Big Man Plans is got coming out next week? Descender, which is the new sci-fi book from Jeff Lemire and Dustin Nugent, mm. uh, Nguyen, rather. Uh, the second issue of Nameless, which is Grant Morrison's book. Uh, the new issue of Saga is out next right. week, number twenty-six. Uh, the new series of Hawkeye starts, which is all new Hawkeye number one. We've also written by Jeff Lemire with art by Ramon K. Perez. Uh, there's a series called Neverboy coming out, which You've looks fantastic. That uh, oh, I did mention Neverboy before, <laughs> and I've written it twice on my list. Because it's so uh, important. It's so, I, I really want you to know about this book. Uh, there's Guardians Team-Up, which is uh, another Guardian to the Galaxy book, also written by Brian Michael Bendis. And finally, there is the third of the Star Wars series coming out, Princess Leia. Now, this is a miniseries. I understand it's written by the Dodsons. Yes, uh, and I want to read, by the Dodsons, I, I so, yeah. read this. So. so, Terry and Rachel Dodson. So, so looking forward to this. And, of course, TV-wise, it's the return of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next week. They left us on a massive cliffhanger. So we Inhumans. Inhumans coming back. <laughs> uh, more Gotham, The Walking Dead, and Arrow. We've still got another week off uh, The Flash. Is Constantine finished now? Constantine 
is done. That's and good. there is there is rumours about what's going to happen with the second season. They haven't written it off yet. Uh, right. They haven't renewed it, but they've made it very clear they, they haven't cancelled re- it They either. also haven't renewed Agent Carter yet either. No. So we wait. I mean, it's still a little bit early for renewals yet. Because so. they were both short seasons. Like, Constantine yeah. was only 13. But, uh, okay then, David, I think it's time for some news headlines. A new DC's Comics team-up series, speaking of which, uh, starring Brandon Ruth, Victor Garber, Wentworth Miller and Katie Lotz, surprisingly, has been announced. Greg Belanti, Andrew Kreisberg, Mark Guggenheim and Sarah Schechter are set to executive produce. Matt Fraction and Kelly Sue DeConnick, hey, we met her, uh, have signed a two-year overall (laughs) deal at Universal TV, bringing some of their creator-owned shows to television, starting with Sex Criminals. How are they going to do that on network? I don't know. Closer to home, the nominations for Australia's 2014 Aurealis Awards have been announced. For Best Graphic Novel Illustrated Work, the shortlist includes Left Hand Path from Winter City Productions, Awkward by Mook Shadow Books, A Small Wild Magic by Candlewick Press, Mr. Unpronounceable and the Sect of the Bleeding Eye from Mook Shadow books and the game by deeper meanings publishing Sega and capcom create uh, characters will cross over in archie comics worlds unite event in may really another world uniting event <laughs> uh, vertigo will release a new mad max fury road prequel comic quite exciting with george miller nico lathurius uh, and mark sexton writing uh, with ricardo uh, bercielli leonardo uh, leandro fernandez tristan jones and mark sexton on art duties that thank was god a mouthful you, thank god you had that story <laughs> tom ellis has landed the lead role in Fox's Vertigo adaptation of Lucifer. Interesting. And finally, Dean Cain, Helen Slater have been cast in unspecified roles in the upcoming Supergirl series. The show has also added Calista Flockhart as Cat Grant, Homeland star David Harewood as Hank Henshaw, and Shyla Lee as Alexandra Alex Danvers and Laura Benanti as Kara's Kryptonian mother. Hmm. So there's unspecified roles, David. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm guessing uh, uh, Linda Lee's adoptive parents. Perhaps? Yeah, yeah. From from the Wikipedia entry, uh, she was Linda Lee Danvers from the '60s, mm. and she had Fred and Edna Danvers were her adopted parents. Yeah, so they're the Martha and and, and Jonathan Kent. Kent basically. of the yeah. series. I reckon this. It would be lovely to have. Oh, we've got the, a Superman and a Supergirl being her parents. How good would that yeah, be? It's kind of uh, matches John Wesley Ship playing the Flash's dad. Yeah, or or uh, Annette O'Toole playing Superman's mother. She yes. played Lana Lang in the movie. She did too, didn't you know? she? So yeah, I mean, yeah, those, yeah. those sort of little homages are lovely when you can do that. You yeah, know? yeah. No, so I think it'd, it'd be interesting to see what they do with that series because it's um, it may or may not cross over with the other DC books. It'll whether it crosses over the movies at all because if they're going to have Superman. Well, in there. what's interesting now? This is rumor and speculation. And, you know, we thrive on rumor and speculation in this place. But my <laughs> son was telling me this morning. Uh, that uh, he had read that they are... Oh, was it my son or was it you, actually? I think it might have mm. been you, actually. I get everybody We're confused. so similar. Um, but basically, they're hiring a Superman double. Yeah. And oh, it was you. It was, it was you. me. We were yeah. talking about this at Coffee just before. From what, I, what I've been reading this week on the web, and some of this is speculation, but it's also like those casting calls mm. that go out. Uh, they were looking for a yeah Superman double for it, and uh, they've cast someone as Hank Henshaw, aka Cyborg Superman. So right. there's a couple of uh, there's some definite ties to the Superman. So world what makes it. me think though is that they're definitely not tying it to the cinematic universe. No, they're sticking with their TV universe concept where yes. they can basically do anything. Uh, so they don't want to have Superman, but obviously Superman is part of that world. Yeah, so. yeah. So they're acknowledging it, but not tying it too closely Correct. so they can do it. Well, speaking of Superman. The other thing I just want to throw oh. in there very quickly about that as well, just while we're speculating, the fact that they're bringing in Cyborg Superman yes. leads me to believe um, that if there, it means it leads me to believe they're doing New 52. Yeah. Uh, because in the New 52... Uh, she goes out to space being the petulant teenager and being all angry and pissed off at the world, which is what she mm. does. And she goes out and she finds this little home world, which is basically a, a front for Cyborg Superman, who's right. been looking for her. And what you find out through the course of these spoilers, people, is that Cyborg Superman is actually her Kryptonian father, um, who wrong. was done over by um, Brainiac. Right, um, okay. And that was what allowed them to save the city of Kandor. Is it worth going back and reading the New 52 Supergirl? It has moments. Okay. It's up and down. And it really is because for the first, I think, good, until she becomes a Red Lantern. And yes. I, I think Red Lantern was basically their opportunity to get all her pissed offness out in the open. Yeah. And then when she comes back, she's more like Supergirl that we know. Interesting, yeah. But all the way through that first part, she is just this petulant teenager <laughs> that is 
pissed off at the world and nothing makes her happy. She hates her cousin. She hates everybody. She thinks everybody's out to get her. <laughs> so she's Thea Queen, basically. Basically. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I almost got to a point where it's like, I don't want to read this and, anymore. And it sort of annoys me, though, that the, the way that they try to appeal to a young female teenage market is just having a pissed off teenage girl mm. in there all the time. It's like, you know, that's that's not the way to do it. I mean, there's the opposite extreme, which is having a teenage girl who's obsessed with ponies and, and, and flowers. What is interesting, though, is... There's now, a comfortable I, middle, is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, and yeah. And I'm, I'm, I was very up-to-date on Supergirl. I'm about four issues behind, I think, or three issues behind, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, the last issue I read, though, had her coming back. She's no longer a Red Lantern. Um, and she is actually forming a relationship with a young black kid in a mm. wheelchair. Oh, okay. And I thought this was a really interesting dynamic because suddenly she's got this very human, uh, very human and frail, yeah. Um, quote unquote boyfriend, not really a boyfriend, but yeah, this relationship, and it's kind of grounding her. And I thought now we're getting somewhere, you know? Yeah, what I mean? because like Superman, he's always been defined by the humans around him. Exactly. So I think that's that's an interesting take. So yeah, I've got to go back and catch up and find out what's happened with that. But anyway, well, speaking of Superman, uh, let's get into this week's kick-ass pick of the let's week. Do it. Well, see how you like this. What is it, Batman? Whatever it is, it's it's awfully funny. <laughs> it's the pick of the week. He has defeated alien invaders and parasites, but the people of Earth still do not trust the being known as Superman. Working with the government, Lex and Alexandra Luther have discovered a way to weaken the Man of Steel, just as another powerful visitor named Zod arrives to wage war with the Earth's protector. The third chapter in the best-selling original graphic novel series from DC Comics, this is a legend reimagined. This is Superman Earth One, Volume Three. You know, when you play just a little bit of the soundtrack like that, it actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> played the good minute of, <laughs> of Hans Zimmer's score. The rest of the soundtrack sounds exactly like that good minute, but that's beside yeah. the point. Um, <clears throat> let's just backtrack this a little bit yes. and say that J. Michael Jasinski uh, concocted Superman Earth One. Yes. It was an Elseworlds book. Yes. The idea was kind of like, um, I guess, Ultimate Spider-Man, really. Mm-hmm. The idea was to reimagine the character, not straying too far from his origin, but reinventing the events of said origin and the first volume was really good i look i I reread all the first two and Mm. this one and the lead up to this and i thoroughly enjoyed that first one the first one is solid and it doesn't have any of the usual when the aliens arrive and threaten earth which is what makes him finally come forward to superman your immediate thought is here's zod yeah but it's not it's this other race that were actually the cause of the destruction of Krypton, and they were basically hunting him down. I was like, I will find him. Yeah. I will also find him. <laughs> I will also find him. And it turns out there's a lot of pissed off aliens who don't like Krypton. Get in line. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was a, and his, and he had to make his appearance and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Flash forward to the second issue, you take over. Yeah, well, the second issue is a reimagining of Parasite. Mm. And par- and in this case, it's, 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 well, it's it's someone who who can absorb the power. Parasite, someone who can absorb powers and energy. And in this particular second issue, they have uh, him absorbing Superman's powers. And long story short, that gives people even more cause for concern because they can see what happens when someone with Superman's powers goes rogue. Mm-hmm. And Superman ultimately defeats him. But it sets up the events for part three, which is bringing in Lex and Alexandra Luther, a husband and wife team who just call themselves Lex Squared yeah. uh, most of the time. What is interesting about Volume 2, though, in particular, mm. I believe it's Volume 2. I didn't go back and reread them, but yeah. Volume 2 is the one where he goes and brings down a dictator. He does, actually, yeah. yeah and that's true. actually really important. So yeah. basically Superman gets to a point where he's like, you humans are just useless. <laughs> and he goes, why is this being allowed to happen? Yeah, so he, he flies in and takes out the dictator. Kind of like Tony Stark does at the start of yes. um, Iron Man. and. What that does is sets up a chain of events which leads into this book, which is they're basically saying they can't control him. Mm. The rest of the world is looking at America saying, you adopted him. and Do something. Do something. And the Americans are basically saying there's nothing we can do about it. Um, And so they get to a point where, as you said, the the aforementioned Lex Squared, um, they have to call upon 
other people to basically say, what can we do? And, about this alien. And watching the tapes from part two, they see that he was – oh, no, part one part even. One, part one. Yeah, part one. They see that he was weakened by the red the red kryptonite or the red – it was red actually rays. the red, red – sunrays. Red yeah. sunrays and, and the gravitational pull of that and they're clever and they work out what it is. And so they're off developing countermeasures to Superman mm. during which time this mysterious guy arrives on Earth and says, hey, Superman, I'm your uh, cousin from Krypton. And, who uh, happens to be named Zod. Who happens to be named Zod. <laughs> Kirsten said, look, I'm going to tell you all about it. Come back, I'll see you later. Meanwhile, he goes off to the UN and says, look, you got the Superman problem. I can take care of it. And I love, there's a line in there where one of the UN guys, this sounds like a mob pushover. It's it like, does, yeah. You know, yeah. and so they point that out, but they still go along with his plan, which is he'll destroy Superman for them. We'll come back to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I know this is one of your issues with yeah. the book. Uh, so effectively, you have these two things working against Superman. What they end up doing with Lex, I think is quite clever. I think so too. Um, I think that's actually my favorite mm, thing about this book. But what what they do with um, the whole Zod storyline feels a little bit well. Feel, one feels like a repeat, and and I think you said it best before we started recording, which was we kind of had the core Zod story effectively in the first one, and maybe because in our minds in Volume One that story has now been adapted into a Zod story in a film, because mm. because Part One is effectively. This alien comes to Earth and says, takes over all the t- network TV st- or all the TV stations, all the channels, and says, "You're harboring an alien. Hand him over, and I won't destroy the Earth." And sets up these machines all around the Earth to start drilling and shaking apart the the core. Sound familiar? Yeah. Um, Superman confronts that, levels half the city, uh, ultimately defeats him, and. Uh, earns the distrust and respect of different people at various times. It's effectively the plot of Man of Steel. It is. And uh, I remember when we actually talked about this book two and a half years ago or yes. whatever it was, we actually said at the time Man of Steel hadn't come out yet, yeah. but we actually said we think that this is probably setting up yeah. the foundations of the new film. And we weren't far off. No, and, and it very much does that. But the problem is now we get to the third one, we actually introduce Sod. And JMS, uh, J. Michael Strakinski, or JMS as I often refer to him as, uh, has kind of done the same story here in some ways, but he's just introduced Zod instead. It's not; He can't do that, that exact story for two reasons. One, he's already done it. Two, they've made a film out of it. But Zod almost feels thrown in. So I've got no – I think you said it best, David. They've got no more ideas – what do I do? Let's throw Zod into the mix. When something happens. is threadbare in Superman world, throw in Zod. Zod or, or Luther, and they or got Luther. both of them. Yeah, and they got both. Yeah. So, my issue with the UN scene. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So, they don't trust the alien who can fly and who has super strength, but is squeaky clean and looks all handsome, and he's wearing red, white, and blue. Well, not quite red, white, and blue, but mm. you know, red and blue. Yet he is white. Though. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, Arrives Zod, who first approaches Superman and says, now mind you, the way he's pictured is in this uniform with spikes and horns and a hood over his face so you can't see his eyes. He looks like um, Altair from the Assassin's Creed games, basically. And and he's all like, I am Zod L. I am your uncle, trust me. And Superman goes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, come and sit on Uncle Zod's lap. (laughs) And then Zod flies in, walks straight into the UN, and he says, you got a Superman problem in his hood with his eyes all hidden in his spiked costume. And says, you've got this evil alien, but I'm an alien of equal power, and I am a Superman. So I hear you got a Superman Superman problem. I can take care of him, or, you know, it would be a shame if your UN was to, you know, break or something. (laughs) He says, I'll take care of it. And it's this is Ewing going, oh, crap, now we have two of them. They go, sure, why not? <laughs> you know, you made a wise decision. i got to take care of your Superman problem. and say, uh, you and me, you China and Cuba, we can party afterwards, yeah? So, you know? <laughs> big problem with the book. Yeah. and, and um, I have a, that was, Structurally, story-wise, yeah. that didn't work for me. It felt like sloppy writing. There's elements to this that work so well. The, the human elements work great because in, the, in volume two, Two, I think it was. Uh, you have Lois Lane trying to work out who Clark Kent is yes. because she doesn't trust the fact that he's just come in out of nowhere, landed an and interview, Gazumter yeah. landed yeah. an interview with with uh, uh, with Superman, and 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 he has no other credentials, and so she investigates him. He finds out about that, but they've, they've sort of kissed and made up, you know, metaphorically speaking. This one, the relationship that does actually form is with um, his next door neighbor, yeah, who, who is an actress slash escort, escort. yeah, um, <laughs> and who is a really sweet character, yeah, and she's she's a genuine character. She's yeah. more interesting. 
interesting actually than the two other humans which we spend most time with, which are, are Lois and Jimmy. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I, re- I really like her as a character and she kind of in this volume finds out his secret. She is the humanity to his Superman. Mm. And she and I think that the where this book is best yeah. is when he's on the phone to his mother yes, yes. and talking about the fact yeah. that his next door and she's going, does she come over all the time? Does she eat you out of house and hold? Does she just sit there and watch TV with you? And she's going... Clark, this is love. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then eventually when she does tell him that she loves him, he goes, why do mothers always know? No, <laughs> <laughs> no I love it. So there's, there's a lot, lot of things like that I really, really, really adore. And, mm. um, and he takes her home to mother, you know? He does. Like, this is the first girl you brought home, Clark. You know? Yeah, she goes, I'm going to go walk in the cornfield. She goes, you're really interested in corn. She goes, no, you just need to have time to talk to your mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I really like and the thing is when she walks in, she goes, like, I'm a model slash, act, model slash actress. And Clark says, yeah, but she's really trying to cut down on slashing actresses. <laughs> just little things like that and it works so well and, and that's what because to me look you know I've always said about Superman I've had issues with the character of Superman mm. and while I adore the fact that it exists I, I love and when you read stuff when you read something like All-Star Superman and you yeah. read Grant Morrison's interpretations of that you or think, Birthright or or any of those yeah. those classic kind of stories or if you go back and watch go read any of the Kurt Swan era or watch know? the Richard Donner film or yeah, a- anything yeah. like that you get that 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 sort of swell inside you and you're watching a Superman movie and go yeah this is this is this is what I love mm. about I love America you know <laughs> <laughs> and and you you, re, you really kind of feel this connection with the material, but effectively he's this super powerful character, and I kind of feel some way about Superman the same way the 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 world and the UN feels about him in this book, which is he's so powerful he can do anything, or the way Batman feels about him. Yeah, like, loves him as a person, but doesn't trust him. It's not that I don't trust him; it's just that I don't find him interesting as a character, as a reader. Yeah. I don't find someone who can do anything interesting. I like a character with flaws, but Superman's flaws is his love of humanity, despite their hatred of him sometimes. Mm. Now, in the movies and those classic things, everybody loves Superman. He's never the war crawling menace. He's never, you know, the Dark Knight. He's always just Superman. The modern interpretation seems to be, and this is carried over into the New Fifty Two. Do we trust this guy? Mm. You know, and I like that aspect of it, but not everything. This this is inconsistent sometimes. There is there are scenes where you'll see on a monitor Zod holding uh, Superman over his head, and then the next frame, and it, literally the next panel, he's stumbling away. It's like what happened in between yeah, yeah. there. So there's, there's inconsistencies in this book, and I think I hate to say it, it it feels. A little rushed sometimes, and it feels. Oh, it feels as no, I actually think it feels a lot rushed. Yeah. The, the problem I had with this book was I think the first one is so perfect in tone. Mm. I think the mm. second one was definitely weaker than the third one. And, I, and when something like that happens, you kind of go, "Hopefully they'll redeem themselves with a third. And what I think has happened here is DC has gone, "We need a third. Yeah. And Trzinski's gone, "I don't have a third. That's how it feels. It's the Godfather three of the trilogy. A little it's, bit. It's the Return of the Jedi of the trilogy in a lot of ways because it repeats elements of the first mm. book and adds Muppets. No, it, it, it's actually not a terrible book. I no. didn't hate it and it's actually a fun little read and Superman yeah, no, no, is no, always no. kind Don't of- Don't get me wrong. Superman yeah. is always kind of fun to read. Yeah. It's just I didn't come out of this going, wow, that was amazing. And when I read the first Earth One, I went, that is cool. Yeah. You know? yeah. And then I read Batman Earth One, I went, that is pretty cool. And you so say you sit there going, we're building this Earth One yeah, universe. Yeah, yeah. And then it stalled. Because Teen Titans Earth One, which we did a few weeks back, I forgot. See, I've completely forgot about that. One. Does doesn't sort of seem to gel with those other and it ones. It doesn't seem at all. to fit within this. No, one, you know. No. And is there any so other ones? There's, there's Batman. And Teen oh, they've Titans. got Wonder Woman potentially coming out this year, which the, will not fit within this world because it's Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison. <laughs> Grant Morrison will just go Do off his, in his La La Land. Um, but <laughs> he'll have Grant Morrison in one hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. Dave's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere to stop me. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I didn't hate this book. And as I say, I think you're right. I think one of the best things in this book is the way they handled Luther. Yeah. The fact that they made Luther and Mrs. Luther, or Lex and Alexandra Luther. Or Lex and Lex. Lex and Lex. <laughs> they made her the driven, powerful one. They made him the genius. But she's also a genius, mm. but at different fields. Yeah. She came up with the idea for the weapon, but he had to build it. Yeah. And... I think the ultimate conclusion of that character, and, and we kind of do spoilers and all, I guess, yeah. but the ultimate conclusion of that character to actually go forward from this point onwards with a female Lex yes. is brilliant. It is brilliant, but they've left the door open 
for the return of male legs as well. Well, he is fundamentally dead. He's fundamentally dead, but they <laughs> but they've got him in cryo in stasis, stasis yeah. thing at the end. So she's a genius. She might work it out. She might work it out. Uh, but but she, and yes, she's a great character. Though. I do like that. I think to me the dynamic of a female Lex versus and this is a missed I love opportunity. Like when she walks the, out and they go, you know, Miss Alexandra, she goes, just call me from now on. I am Lex. Lex. You know, and that's a missed opportunity for the films if they're going to do, you know, yeah. that they could have done female Lex because that would have been an interesting dichotomy. I, I think. bet you the producers are kicking themselves right yes, now. Yes, absolutely. If they would have gone, why didn't we think of that? <laughs> Instead of casting uh, Jesse Eisenberg, we could have got Kate Mara to be yeah. a Lex, and then she wouldn't have had to suffer the indignity of Fan Forstick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, no, she was Rooney Mara in, Rooney Mara. in uh, Social Network, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So they, had, they could have had a Mara in each yeah. franchise. Well, there you go. Ah. Well, look, that's. Well, Rooney Mara's out of a job. Apparently, she has now come out and confirmed that there's no more Girl with a Dragon Tattoo films being made. Okay, so. well, that's, yeah. So she's got a job. She's, she's pretty. I, I, I'm not surprised they, they ended because, like, it, the first one was a shot for shot remake almost of, of the, the movie that it all made. And it didn't made. do the business they wanted it no. to do. Because, so. because the Swedish films were actually quite successful in their own right. They were very successful. And, yeah. and people who wanted to see it had already seen it. Yes, agreed. And you're comparing, and as, as good as Rooney Mara was, this is not a film show, but it's, as good as Rooney Mara was, you're comparing her to uh, Nuni Rapace. Rapace, so you never, she, who is. Who is, phenomenal who actress is, is Elizabeth Sal- Salander. You know, yes. it's like you're never going to and a phenomenal actress in English language in her own right. Yeah. So she people know her and love her. So it's not it's, yeah. she's never going to anyway. Repeat. That's that's for a different yeah. show. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, I think just to round this off and and, and put a bow on it, um, this is a fun Superman read. I think this trilogy, the three of them together, would make a great little introduction to to Superman if you just wanted if you just wanted to dip in and say out. One more thing though. Yep. I hate the goddamn roll top boots. Yeah. They gave him yeah, Captain yeah, America yeah. boots rather than it's not it's like and I hate roll top boots the best of that. I hate them on Captain America as well. Mm. And I hated them on Power Girl when her original costume yeah, had roll top yeah. boots. I hate roll top boots. It's like, why would you do that to I know they look so nasty. Because it's a good they? it's a good superhero suit. It's a yeah. good Superman suit, classic Superman suit. Except for these little naff rolled up. <laughs> it's like, he looks like he's in a bad production of Pirates of the Caribbean or something. Okay, here's the vow. Next time we do a Superman book, it's going to be real classic stuff. Kurt you know, Swan. Kurt Swan stuff. 70s. Or Let's John right Byrne back. stuff. Or yeah, or something, something, something or really. Man of Steel. John Man of Steel. Janna Byrne, Man of Steel. John Byrne, Man of Steel. We might even do it in one of the live shows. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. Right. So now we've got a little bit of feedback. We, we said we're going to do. Uh, let's, let's, let's hear from the girl, David. Have we heard from her lately? Hey, there she is. It's John D's geek-related challenge. Or something. <laughs> now, we should start this by saying yes. that last week we played a voicemail from Jamie, and we have mm. another one, but we're going to save it for this point. Yes. Um, because he offered us another challenge. We said we're going to do that. This is actually a John D challenge. Yes. So uh, we're going to save... Uh, Jamie's because we actually want Jamie to be there for it. Yeah, I agree and it's a very complicated challenge because we want Jamie to be there for it and we want Dave to be there for yeah, it Yeah, because well. it's actually, so. his was, if you remember last week, was uh, fighting Kang and had to be uh, the, the Ultimate Avengers team to fight Kang and we had to cast the movie as well. Yeah. So it's a complicated We're, we're going to spend several weeks thinking about yeah, this and, and gonna, go we want Jamie yeah. in the room when we actually, oh yeah, do. Um, so we thought we'd give John D, considering this is actually named after John D. It's John D's Geek Credit Challenge or something. <laughs> uh, John D actually sent in this one for the next time that we did <laughs> you put it. A trademark on it. I know. <laughs> it's John D trademarks Geek Credit Challenge. <laughs> JD, go to the website and look at this. You'll you'll yeah, be quite see, amused see the with show what I've notes done. For it, people. Um, so his challenge is: Hulk has gone full world uh, world breaker. Uh, select a team of three. To bring him down. Now, JD's choices are quite interesting. I'll just bring those up now. So, I, I think he stuck to the Marvel Universe for this one. I did too. Uh, so, he originally said to me Marvel uh, would bring down Galactus, Apocalypse, or, and Scarlet Witch. And then I said, see, I kind of, I would have chosen all white hats. And he said, okay, in which case, Professor X wipes his mind like he did with uh, Magneto in Fatal Attractions. Done. <laughs> and, or if you had to choose a, a team, a white hat trio, uh, Charles Xavier, Stephen Strange, and Silver Surfer, or Simple Fix, just bring the Infinity Gauntlet in. <laughs> so that's where he went to. And uh, I actually fundamentally disagree with those choices. because. They are all heavy hitters in yeah. some way, except for Charles Xavier. I agree with that idea. The idea with the Charles. Hulk, the idea with the Hulk is you've got to get, uh, you've got to subvert it. You can't mm. hit it 
head on. Hit him with Galactus and he'll just get stronger. Yeah. Uh, hit him with Silver Surfer. He's just going to get stronger. Really? The Hulk could take Galactus? I think the Hulk could take the goddamn planet if you want to hit him hard enough. So with my well, Loki list, was scared of him. Well, that's true. My list, I actually said number one, and I actually think it's a list of one because I actually think my first choice, your end. But I've got yeah. three in case. You send in Spider-Woman. Let's not forget, Spider-Woman oh. actually made the Hulk make her a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in an issue of The Avengers. That is true. She just fires her pheromones out, and he follows her around like a puppy dog. That is also true. So, end of story. However, if that doesn't work, let's say he's, <laughs> let's say he's hulked out too far. That's how they make the Hulk talk, by the way. They, they put peanut butter on the roof of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then just dub in James Franco later. There you yeah, go. that's right. Uh, my second choice would be Rogue. Yeah. Send her in, grab his head, absorb his powers away. <laughs> Imagine a hulked out rogue. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> and then failing all of that, you send in Professor X to lobotomize him. Yeah, I like that. Well, I've got, I've got a similar from, from Professor I originally had Professor X in there, but I ended up going with another telepath, Emma Frost, yep. to, to subdue his brain. Um, Adam Warlock uh, brought in to, to restrain him with some sort of mystical thing, or possibly Stephen Strange. That's not one bad. of those yeah, two. Yeah, that's not bad. And then Nova to take him off into space somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was Well, mine. that was one of the other thoughts I had was you get Captain Marvel involved. She comes in, just grabs him, throws him out. You yeah. Know? Well, the problem is taking, taking Hulk into space didn't work out well during World War Hulk and Planet that's Hulk. That's true. So. That's an issue. But yeah, so there but you go. But do you know what they did? Do you know what was wrong with World War Hulk, though? They sent mm. him off in a rocket. Yeah. See, if you just threw him into space, he'd freeze. That's true. You know, so. Because well, they didn't want to kill him. Yeah, so. see, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about pacifying. So we're him. going for blood. Let, let's, let's extreme prejudice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> extreme unless, prejudice unless, has been approved. Was <laughs> 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 no, it wand- What is it? Extreme violence has been approved from Blues <laughs> yeah, Brothers? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you, JD. Great Thank list. you, JD. We'll do another one next week. If you've got your own challenge, send it to feedback at behindthepanels.net. Otherwise, I'm sure JD will send something between now I'm and sure next week. Will. And if you've got your own lists, and we'll read them out next week. JD sent us a list, but he sent us a list for um, Jamie's challenge. Right. So I'm going to hold on to that until Yeah, and I've actually got show. Jamie's uh, results. So he sent me a second voicemail, okay. which actually has his choices. Nice. And we're going to hold on to that as well, because we'll play that on the show when Jamie mm. is with us. Live show in two weeks, people. Yeah, we should mention that. Um, Two weeks from when this episode drops, uh, so it'll be the 11th of March 2015 here in Sydney uh, at Hurstville Good Games. Yep. Um, We've already got quite a good uh, guest list response to that. So The book we're doing is The Graveyard Book. book, Volume 1. Volume 1, although I'm going to attempt to read both. Me but too. Volume 1 is the is the starting point. Yes. Um, but I'm going to attempt to read both. I've already started it, so I may very well get there. And I'm going to go one bit. I'm going to try and read the novel and You're the two books. insane. Because I'm nuts. You're insane. Yeah. <laughs> you do realize we have a show between those. Yeah, well, this next week's episode we're going to do, <laughs> which is episode 132, we're going to be doing Starlight by Mike Millar. Uh, which is a book we spoke about when it came out. And liked it. And loved it. And the first arc is now out in trade. Um, that's the first five issues, I think. And I said it then, and I'll say it again and again and again. Mark Millar works best in these short forms. Yeah. Flash. So, yeah. Uh, uh, it's, um, it's very Flash Gordon, this book. Very Flash Gordon. It's only five issues, in and out. He works really well in this format. If you don't believe us, go and read Superior, people. We actually did this as a pick, and oh, it Superior was amazing. Oh, is, is mind-blowing. Yeah. And when we talk about things like the Secret Service or his Kick-Ass mm. miniseries or the Hit Girl miniseries. Uh, Wanted. Wanted is a miniseries, mm. and uh, the first... Uh, they eventually came out, but the five issues that made up the first arc of Jupiter's Legacy. Nemesis. Nemesis. Which we still need to do for do, the show. Yeah, when he's got a new book coming out called uh, Jupiter's Circle, which I believe is a prequel to Jupiter's Legacy. So he's done his five issues of Jupiter's Legacy. He's got Jupiter's Circle coming out with a different artist, and then I think he's returning to Jupiter's Legacy after that. I just, a thought just occurred to me. It's funny how your brain doesn't put things mm. together until you actually start to think about it. Um Nemesis was supposed to be turned into a film. Yes. For a long time it was in development, and I was wondering why we hadn't heard any more on that. Mm. Tony Scott. Oh, of course, yeah. So Tony Scott was doing So oh. that's why Nemesis never and, happened. And speaking of people we've lost, we should mention it because we, we played a clip at the very top of the show. It was As we went to air today, we were very sad to My learn of the passing. broken. Oh, look, we all are. Look, I we've all been Star Trek fans for entire lives and Leonard Nimoy passed away today at the age of 83 and, uh, look, you know, he lived long and prospered. He did. And I say and, that this is uh, now – my wife and I were talking about this morning. My wife actually woke me up this morning when she heard the news on the radio, so it was very early this morning, mm. and goes, Leonard Nimoy died. It's like, oh, and we're back, we're back to sleep. But anyway um, – 
This is now, by my calculations, you can tell me if I'm wrong, this is the third main principal cast member. So we've lost Jimmy Doohan. We've lost DeForest Ma- Kelly. Barrett. Oh, oh DeForest, DeForest Kelly. Kelly. Four. Four. Yeah. I forgot about DeForest Kelly. So we've lost four of the original major cast. He was and always will be our, our friend. friend. <laughs> no, live he long is. and prosper. <laughs> and he's not really dead as long as we remember him. Correct. So and live may long. your journey be free of incident. <laughs> <laughs> live long and prosper. <laughs> Ship out of danger? Yes. <laughs> As we fire this show in a missile off into space. Uh, a Mark Ford. A Mark IV. Uh, and create a new genesis. Uh, we, uh, you can find me on Twitter where I actually just posted this morning Spock's sad face. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was the first news I saw when I woke up as well this morning. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DVD Bits. You can, of course, find any of the other bits and pieces we put up throughout the week at BehindThePanels.net. Um, and, uh, of course, you can find us live in two weeks at Good Games Hurstville. David? Uh, you can find me on geekactually.com or on Twitter at Dave McVeigh, or, of course, you can find me on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash geekactually. Now, for the Geek Actually show, all of our advertising yes. says the end of February. The end of February is now almost upon us. We do have a date for recording. It's the first week of March mm-hmm. we're recording. I think it's the 7th? Yes, that, 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 that's yeah, the weekend. Yeah, that'll be the first yeah. episode, so it's not actually the end of February, but that's our style. Yeah. It's the end of February-ish. Ish. <laughs> <laughs> for those who are long-term listeners, you'll know what that means. Anyway, so yes, we do have a date for starting. Uh, I've already had emails from Delta Knight who has said, when do I need the stories by? And they're on their way, and we've already got a new theme. That's exciting. Already, that's in, so it's all coming. It's all happening. Keep uh, your eyes on geekactually.com or on my Twitter feed for information about the new Geek Actually podcast. I'm looking forward to being a listener. <laughs> and uh, I would just like to mention very quickly because he was actually vaguely disappointed because we got had to get out so quick last week. Uh, you can find Nick- Nicholas McVeigh's yes. uh, animations at youtube.com forward slash Nicky McVeigh. Um, there's a link on our site. And there's as a link well. on our site now. And on the sidebar, there's a link on our site just mm. to let you know because he is saying we didn't do any of the links. We had to get out. We were running so we, long last hour week. Hour 20 last week, yeah. <laughs> which we're pushing now. Uh, so uh, remember, next week's book is uh, Star. Starlight by Mark Millar. The week after that is the Graveyard Book. It's an adaptation of a Neil Gaiman novel, uh, and uh, that will be our live show. So uh, until next week, I'm Richard Gray. I'm Dave McVeigh. Dave's not here. (laughs) (laughs) And this has been Behind the Panels. Too many pain pills, too much pot, trying to be something that I'm not Superman. Behind the Panels is a production of geekactually.com. Trying to do more than I can, got a little out of hand, I ain't Superman, know what I'm talking about? I blew my throat and I blew my toe, I wound up sipping on soup to sure I wasn't Superman, oh no, I wasn't Superman. I'm trying to do more.